In the Eucharistic prayer that we're going to say in just a little bit, there's a, there's a, a phrase that's um, at, near the beginning when we say that Jesus lifted his arms upon the cross in obedience to your will, referring to God, in order that the whole world might be saved. And I think, you know, generally speaking, we're people who really prefer Easter. We're Easter people. We love to talk about the empty tomb. We love to talk about the living God whom we follow. We love to, to celebrate the joyous resurrection, the, the victory of God. We love to be in the celebra- celebratory mode, right? We love Easter. We love Christmas kind of for the same ways. This, this incarnation, this magnificent expression of God's love for us who, who comes into the world in a way that we, we can all really just appreciate. You know, like a little baby. Who doesn't love little babies? They're so cute. Wrinkly. Little baby Jesus. Yeah, right? And, or, you know, Jesus had come as a puppy. It couldn't be any cuter than the idea of Jesus as a baby. Or, you know, when we, we talk about Easter and we, we have lots of sort of celebratory things that come with Easter, partly because it's, it's in the spring of the year when we're all feeling pretty upbeat and positive about things. And we, we've somehow, culturally, it has some weird accumulations. There's like a rabbit who gives away colored eggs. I don't really know what that's all about. But, but the whole celebration, even in church, about Easter is, is this sort of magnificent flowering of, of God's love in the world. We're not people, generally speaking, who like to spend a lot of time at the cross. But in this Lenten season, in this reading today, we are sort of brought right to the foot of the cross, and we're sort of not allowed to gaze away. Right? We get the story of the Israelites who have, who have been going through in the, from this book of Numbers, and this, this happens right after the, sort of the death of Miriam and, and Aaron, and, and they're complaining that, that the hardships that they've been going through have been just too much and the food is no good, and the water is scarce, and, and why did you bring us out of Egypt just to die in this desert? And so their, their punishment is, of course, that they get all these snakes that sort of show up um, and, and bite them, and, but when, when they look upon this, this icon of the serpent and they, they are reminded of God's presence, then they are healed. In the same way, Jesus said, he is to be lifted up, just as that serpent was, as an icon of God's forgiveness and healing powers. But also suggests that for us, that we have not really strayed too far from those Israelites going through the desert, complaining about the food and the water. That in every generation, Jesus is lifted high on the cross and we are saved. Because in every generation, we are falling short of the covenant, of the promise that we are offered. And it's, it's, I don't know what it is, the perversity of human nature, original sin, whatever you want to call it. There is something about us that just can't quite see the magnificence of the creation that God has given us, the gift of relationships in which we're involved. And, and some of it's our own fault. Some of it's just, you know, there's evil in the world. Some of it is just, I don't know, human nature. But we continually sort of fall short of our potential. So we, we are brought 
especially at this time of year, to this, this cross, to look at what it is that Jesus has done for us. And to remind ourselves that it's not Jesus' sins on display up there on that cross. It's ours. That it is our shortcomings. It is our failings. It is our inability or unwillingness to live into the potential with which we are created that is on display at the cross. And I think that's one of the reasons why we really don't like to linger here very much. Because it's really hard, it's uncomfortable, it's not fun to look up and see our failings, our sins on display there in the person of Christ who suffers for us. But at the same time as it's uncomfortable to confront our own shortcomings, that we are compelled to do so, especially we are compelled to do so because we claim to be followers of this Christ, to be people of God, to look up there and see that, that because Jesus has borne that ultimate suffering on our behalf, because he has taken all of our failure to make peace, our failure to reconcile, our failure to live into good relationships, our failure to to be the people we were created to be. He's taken that all entirely on himself and allowed himself to be put on that cross for our sake, that there is a glimmer of hope in our lives. That Jesus' sacrifice is not just meant to sit there and show us while we look at it our failings, but to remind us of our potential to remind us of God's love for us. Because ultimately, God does love us. And truthfully, I don't really think that God does send punishments. I don't think God needs to send punishments. It's been my experience that when we, we go astray from the, what we were created to be, our punishments are sort of built in. right? That God doesn't need to punish us because when we do things like that, you know, it's like if you go skiing way off the trails, the chances of you falling into a tree well and dying are pretty good, but that's of your own creation. And so God's promise to us is also on display up there on that cross. God's saving power is also up there. Because we do know now that that cross was a necessary way station to the salvation that we so want to celebrate. But in order, I think, to really get the full measure of what Easter promises us, we each of us have to go to stand at that cross, to see the ways that we we do fall short, the ways that we do fail to live into the potential that which, which we were created. But to take hope that those shortcomings have all been taken into Jesus' person. And whatever we deserve from our shortcomings has already been suffered by our Christ. So that we don't need to be deterred. We don't need to be weighed down. We don't need to be held back by those sins, those shortcomings, those failings that we have. But that we can set them aside knowing that our Christ has borne their pain. And repent and turn and follow the way of Christ, and that we can 
make a good effort, a good start at living into the potential with which we are created. And by one action at a time in our lives, by each choice we make every day, by each interaction with another, by each opportunity to be generous with ourselves and our resources, we can begin to build brick by brick the kingdom of God. And ultimately, that is why Jesus is lifted high upon the cross, not because we are lowly sinners who deserve our punishment, but because we are beloved children of God who have been offered an amazing promise in a wondrous creation. And to be reminded of that so that we can participate with God as God's partner in the building of that kingdom, not only in our own lives individually, but in the world around us. Amen.